0: I overthink everything in my life, and sometimes it even makes it hard to accomplish the most mundane task. I've tried all sorts of methods to try and trick myself into not overthinking so much, and while sometimes these efforts prevail, more often than not these thoughts creep into my mind and take over. I recently heard one quote from the comedian Bill Burr that really hit me you got to be fine. And even if you're not going to be fine, isn't it better to just exist thinking you're going to be fine until it's not fine? And then when it's not fine, then you can just handle it then. But there's no sense to ruin right now, right? If I let myself overthink and, and worry about these things before they even happen. Either they happen and I stress out twice, or they never happen and I was worried for no reason at all. I can't even get into the amount of things that have happened this year alone that seem like big stressful events that in the end Turned out just fine. This is the Meyer Digital Podcast, a narrative journey into the lives that shape art. I'm Jacob Johnson, and today's episode, Georgia Code. Right after the break. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of you, the listener. It takes me over 30 hours to make each episode of the podcast, and that's on top of all the other projects I have going on. If you want to see the podcast succeed, and gain access to even more bonus episodes, please visit my Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash MyArtIsReal and sign up today. Every person who signs up directly contributes to the production of the show and will be acknowledged at the end of each episode. Thank you. And now, let's get back to the episode. Georgie Co. is an art duo formed by husband and wife, Trisha and Darren Inouye.
1: We always thought it would be cute if our name was Georgie, because my middle name is George and Trisha's middle name was Songi. And uh, we thought Georgie would be really cute. But then we started to kind of investigate, like, okay, well, what are the origins of the name George? It comes from Greek. And origin name for George is Georgie. It means, like, an earth worker or a farmer. Um, and then ko, in Japanese, is like a suffix for what you would use to describe a child, right? You would attach it to the end of a word.
2: And also... We use cove because originally it was supposed to be
1: co yes. and company, Georgie. Company. company, yes. But then, uh, to be honest, we couldn't, all the Georgie coves company were all taken. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. we were like, okay, like, how do we change this? And then we let we found ko, right? Which is uh, the Japanese uh, suffix for a child. Um, so we really like that idea of like an earth working, earth struggling, toiling child, you know? And we felt like that was a good Um, description of the work that we were creating. Childlike characters where we're talking about very very real human adult emotions.
0: But Georgico along with this brilliantly crafted style didn't just appear overnight. It was a long and difficult journey and at times both of them questioned if they had even wanted to be artists at all and even explored paths that they never knew were possible. They tried and failed and tried and failed again but through all of that landed on their feet right where they needed to be. But let's start at the beginning with Trisha.
2: My name is Trisha it. I live in the LA area, but I'm originally from the San Francisco Bay Area. And I am the half of Georgico that mostly works in dry media. I figure out characters and design some of our non-paintings, <laughs> like our sculptures and you know other things like that at the moment. But we'll see. You know, we're always kind of growing our artistic craft. So we'll see what else, what other doors open for me.
0: Trisha's personality at school was pretty contradictory to her personality at home. She was always sort of a shy kid.
2: So at school, I was very quiet. Um, I was one of those students who did well enough to, to not like flag the teacher's attention um but at recess uh you know I was a little bit more wild or definitely at home I was way more boisterous more personality um but anytime I had to talk to a stranger I would get really stressed out and really shy even up until high school when the teacher would do roll call and call my name I would like my heart would be pounding wildly
0: During her early years in school, Trisha did pretty well and had a lot of friends who were also the academic type. But as she got older, she started to feel more lost. And while no one around her could tell, she was really struggling.
2: So I feel like things got harder for me as I got older because so much stuff kind of came naturally to me. So again, it's like I didn't struggle to the point of you know, flagging the teacher's attention. So I I always did fine. I wasn't the very best, but I did well enough, you know, generally A's and B's. But as I got older and older, my grades started getting lower and lower. Um, But again, it wasn't to the point of like concern for my parents or anyone And. My parents also were, didn't have like very crazy expectations of me or my brother. You know, they always just said, just do your best and the grades, you know, will follow. Um, so I don't think they realized that I was, you know, not understanding concepts or not doing so well in class because it, it didn't, that didn't show on the grades. The grades looked fine, but I was actually really lost a lot of the time. As I got older and as the subject started getting more difficult.
0: Today, as part of Georgia Co., Trisha's main responsibility in these duos is to develop each character and the stories that surround them. This is natural for Trisha, as her love for stories has always been a part of her.
2: At home, I was, well, when I wasn't trying to, like, entertain my parents and be, like, kind of bratty, I really enjoyed... Uh, reading a lot um, I loved stories and of course I was just constantly drawing um, so yeah I, I was always like kind of a sedentary child <laughs> but uh, yeah I just really enjoyed like characters and stories and so even if I was like you know doing like a little pretend performance it, it, it was like you know still kind of like in the character mode I feel like I feel like I really really loved reading back then
0: stress is a feeling she is all too familiar with and making that leap from high school to trying to decide what your life's goal was was weighing pretty heavy on her
2: i think i was just really stressed (laughs) just really stressed out yeah because every year just felt a little bit more daunting and i was just really worried about the future like you know, what college am I going to go to? I don't even, I'm not sure, 100% sure if art is the right path for me. Um, How do I know for sure? Um, Because if it's not the right path, what am I going to do? Am I just going to do this for X amount of years, pay X amount of money, and then get stuck in a job or an industry that is not right for me? You know. So I think the idea of that giant leap into commitment was really scary, especially since high school was not really enjoyable for me. So the idea of, you know, continuing education, but in an even more kind of risky way was, it was stressful. It was really scary. Yeah.
0: But if she was so anxious about going to art school, what was pushing her toward art? She could have very easily said, you know what, this isn't a safe path. Let's try something else. She had to have some faith in our artistic abilities.
2: Basically, when I was really young, I won this art contest. And I think that kind of opened my parents' eyes to recognize like, oh, maybe there's there's potential here for Trisha's future. Um, and art was always the one thing that I, no one had to tell me to do it. I would just do it. And I just love doing it. And even for just basic classwork, like draw this picture. I'd really get into it and really enjoy the process and do way more than the homework was asking for, you know? And so even when I was considering other possible careers, my parents kept reminding me over and over and were just really encouraging me ever since those like young, ever since that young age, like, I think there's something for you in art. I really think there is. And so when I was, you know, junior year, Uh, senior year of high school, and still not 100% sure, you know, they they were still very supportive and saying, like, well, I really think that this is a good path for you. So if you're going to do it, just commit and do it. But again, it was the committing part that was scary, not the art part. The art part I always enjoyed.
0: Wow, that's something you rarely hear. I mean, it's not often that parents are pushing their kids to go to art school. Haven't seen the art from her childhood, but If her parents are pushing her that hard to go to art school, I'm pretty sure it's good. Trisha's art was something she was always confident about. It was more so the fear of making that right decision for your life that seems so daunting.
2: If we're really digging down deep, I think what that points to is like a fear of failure. Um, I don't want to waste my life, you know, doing the wrong thing. And so for me, it's just been like this lifelong learning of being okay with failure and uh trying to see what that anxiety points to so definitely for me it was like i don't want to make this huge mistake and waste like three four years of my life and all this money you know just to realize that i made a mistake or i gotta start over which is kind of funny because now looking back it's like three four years just passes in the blink of an eye you know so when you're when you're in it it's like dude this is the end of my life and then when you pass it like wow that It was hard or it was stressful, but at the same time, we we get through things. And there's so many, there's always more opportunities to make a new start. It's okay to make mistakes and try again.
0: When you're young, every little mistake and choice can seem so monumental. But life is long and there's no way to get through it without a risk of making mistakes. At this point, Trisha has finally made that leap and is heading toward going to art center. Only the leap wouldn't last as long as she'd expect. Also, at this time, Darren was making that same leap and going to Art Center. Alright, so just give me a little intro. Your name, where you're from, what you do, that sort of thing. Uh,
1: My name's Darren Inouye, and um, I'm from Southern California. Uh, Grew up uh, pretty much on the border between Orange County and LA County my whole life. I primarily paint. Uh, I think that's... If there's something that i I'm most comfortable with it probably would be painting and then I guess specifically oil painting
0: while Trisha makes most of the character designs Darren is in charge of bringing these characters to life on canvas and to present them to the world while Darren always loved to draw he never really cared about story
1: hated homework I just always wanted to play so when I would do artwork and this is very interesting because I realize that this is even how I how I work now but I, I don't paint with or draw at that time with like the end image in mind. I kind of was using it as a vehicle to explore a narrative or a story. And it was really to entertain myself. So when I would draw in class, I would kind of just be like, like at the time I was just drawing like war images, I guess, like bombs and tanks and airplanes and stuff. But it would be like in my mind, like the scene would be playing out on the paper and it was a way for me to kind of, uh, run away into
0: a fantasy world, I guess. Yeah. For myself, growing up, I absolutely sucked at sports. When it came to gym class, I would do whatever it took not have to play basketball, especially because, well, I had no idea how the game even worked. I wasn't about to ask someone either. Darren also sucked at sports, but unlike me, had a lot of friends who loved to play. Being the more artsy kid among this group of athletes, it didn't take long before he became known as the art kid
1: looking back my childhood now, I think I was just really blessed with, with really good friends. Cause they, they always kind of, even though I wasn't in the sports, they always hung out with me. And, uh, I thought that was very interesting, you know, even though I was bad at sports too, like I might be the last person chosen, you know, for the basketball game or the football game or whatever, but, um, they're always really kind to me. And then I think I kind of embraced just kind of the label of, Oh, he's kind of the artist kid, you know? And, uh, It's not necessarily even how I saw myself. I didn't really see myself as an artist growing up, but um, I think that's how everybody else saw me. So I just kind of went with it and uh, I guess kind of embraced it by the time I was in high school.
0: And when it became time to graduate high school, Darren gave himself two options.
1: In my mind, I was like, either I'm going to join the military because to me, I was like, it seemed like more of like a straightforward path, like in a sense, they control control your life. And that felt comfort, comforting to me. That I didn't have to worry about what I was going to do. Um, so it was either that or art school, because that's just what I've been doing the whole time. So I, and I only applied to one school. So in my mind, if I didn't get in, I was just going to join the military. <laughs> you know. So yeah, it was kind of like a default. And then when I ended up getting there, there was a lot of like reality check that kind of hit me. And uh, a lot of things changed in my life at that point, yeah.
0: And how did your parents feel about you going to art school?
1: Like, they they were the ones who were kind of pushing me and rooting for me. Like, you should really, if you're going to do this, you got to take it seriously, you know. Uh, I'm sure to them, too, because I remember mentioning the military to them, and they weren't happy about it. <laughs> so, like, I think for them, like, between art school and the military, they're kind of like, yeah. She'd probably go to art college,
0: you know. Like Trisha, who did pretty good in school, even though she felt like she was struggling behind the scenes, Darren just didn't care at all too much. He did the minimum he could to get by, which, again, feels like my viewpoint through high school as well. (laughs) But because of him not having the best grades in the world, I was curious as to how that affected him getting into the art center.
1: Oh, I, I... Man, so like Art Center, I don't know how it is now, at least the application process, but at the time I remember talking to the admissions people and they were saying that it didn't really matter. They weren't looking at your GPA so much as they were looking at your portfolio. And thank God for that because I almost failed out of high school. I, I think it was my English teacher who I pretty much had to beg to pass the class, you know, and then, uh, and do like some silly extra credit assignments to like actually get, get me like a, I think a D to, to just pass, you know, um, yeah, it was pretty bad. Like I, uh, yeah. So, and then I think on my, uh, SAT crap, what was it out of 2,400? Mm -hmm. I think I got like a 1500 (laughs) or something. It was pretty bad. Yeah.
0: Now they finally meet. It's freshman orientation at the art center, and Trisha is introduced to Darren by someone else who knew him.
2: Uh, there was this boy who was in my like little tour group, and I was chatting with him, and then we we're making our way over to student ID photo booth, you know, and uh, and so the the boy said, "Oh, hey, I know that guy, Darren. Like, I I know him from high school. Like, we went to the same you know, art classes together. So let's go stand next to him." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Sounds good to me, (laughs) Um, but I'm not the type to like ask people out on dates or anything, but I do not Mm -hmm. mind talking to cute people, you know, so (laughs) stood next to Darren and, you know, just, just enjoyed his company.
0: And about a week later, they then meet up again when they both had the same Design 1 class.
2: A week later in Design 1 class, um, everything is so intimidating that first day of school. You know, and then I walk into class and I see Darren, I see the cute boy sitting at the back of the class, like, Yes, I know one person because you know, one even more stressful than having the teacher call your name during roll call is where do I sit? Right. It's so funny because it's so like I don't know why I was so stressed out, but you know, first day school. So just sat with him and was just relieved. It's like at least I'm not alone.
0: Luckily for Darren, he didn't even have to ask for her number. The teacher just forced them to exchange numbers anyways.
1: And then, uh, the teacher was kind of like, uh, you know, Hey, if, if you miss an assignment, I don't want to have to, uh, don't ask me, like get the number of the person you're sitting next to you and hold each other accountable, you know, and, and help each other to, you know, make sure you know what the assignments are. So the teacher forces to exchange numbers and, uh, It's funny because I I didn't know Trisha's last name, so I put Trisha Design inside of my phone, and she's still Trisha Design in my phone today.
0: As much as I love a good meet-cute, this, however, is not the moment Darren and Trisha begin to date. That will come much later. For now, both of them, along with everyone else in the freshman class, have to deal with not only facing the adult world, but handling their busy workloads, which proved to be mentally draining on everyone. During our chat, they both looked back on struggles they faced during that first semester and reminisced on the times they would have to pull all-nighters just to get their work turned in on time. But mixed within these all-nighters of work, there were more laughs and fun times than anything else.
1: I remember at the end of our first semester, at the end of finals, uh, the last class Trish and I had, uh, which actually was a design one class, Like the entire class went out for dinner, which is really cool. Like, there was kind of this... Common experience of like, wow, we made it through our first semester at our together, and uh, a lot of those relationships were developed through uh, all of us, you know, <laughs> like not having to cut our teeth in and not really understand, you know, how how to execute a project that seems impossible to finish, and then we would all, you know, eventually kind of figure out, you know, or, like be on our hands and knees and like dragging ourselves across the finish line type of thing, you know. It was it was cool yeah good memories now but painful
2: yeah and oh sorry <laughs> i was just gonna say um you know college is such an important time for for socializing and you know getting to meet new people and stuff so we definitely did not have the average like university experience so our way of Fellowshipping with each other was usually like in these painful ways <laughs> and sharing those difficult common experiences.
0: Trisha and Darren would remain close friends for some time until one car ride when something seemed to change.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because like now that we're married, right, like we kind of have oftentimes kind of gone back and analyzed, you know, like what was <laughs> going on here? Was that a flirtatious move or what were you doing <laughs> with that or when you said that? That, there was actually a, a drive that Trisha and I were on where both of us felt like something had shifted. And it was just really interesting that it was actually at the same time. Um, and there was nothing necessarily special about that drive or anything. But uh, by the time we had, I think I was driving Trisha home, by the time I got to her apartment and she got out of the car, there was just something there. Like, I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. It was just kind of like, I think I like Tricia, you know, and then uh, we didn't know at the time we didn't really say anything. And Trisha, she said that actually that drive was the same thing for her. And it's funny, because I, I don't remember any of our conversation. I don't really think we discussed anything different. But yeah, yeah, something just changed. Yeah,
2: yeah I think it's exactly like Darren said. It was so weird how it just aligned on that exact in that exact same moment for us. Because I would say before that, you know, even though we were platonic, um, you know, there's still like some sort of attraction, right? Like, oh, maybe? Nah. <laughs> oh, maybe? Nah. You know, but it's it's not something to seriously entertain. Right? It's like, oh, yeah, I, I think he's really cute, or I appreciate this or that about him, whatever. And then suddenly in that magical intro.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I, I like to play it up because I know it makes Darren feel really gross. <laughs> but yeah, just something like kind of changed after that. And I feel like Even though we didn't say it to each other, we both felt it. And so we both were kind of after that point when we did interact with each other, there's that kind of like unspoken thing in the air, you know, (laughs) as, as we continue to you know, grow in our friendship.
0: But as soon as things seemed to be moving into the direction of dating, Trisha came to the conclusion that she needed a break from the art center. She needed a break to find out if art was really what she loved. So she decided to leave for one semester, and not long after she had left, so did Darren. For both of them, Art had become more so about meeting the deadlines of the class than it did making work that meant something to them or inspired others. So what was your plan?
2: So initially, my plan was to just take a semester off, uh, to just kind of rest and recover, because I was really burnt out just after like one and a half to two years of, you know, taking classes really intensively. Uh, so I feel like I learned a lot and had to deal with a lot of stuff. You know, as I mentioned, I was just kind of coasting through school all the way up to high school. And so I really did not have much of a work ethic. I, I was such a procrastinator. I didn't know how to manage my time. I also had to learn how to do laundry and learn how to cook and learn how to go grocery shopping. Like, there are so many things I had to learn all at once. And so it just really took its toll.
0: Adulthood can hit you rather hard. No matter how much you try to prepare, most people go through life having their parents there to guide them and help lighten the load. But when you move out, you're on your own now, and everything falls on you.
2: But I think I was I was really experiencing a lot of anxiety uh, during that last semester Before I took my break, you know, it was causing me to just sleep even less because I was just stressed and just overwhelmed by so many different things. Um, So I thought, you know what? I need to go home. I need to sleep. I need my mom to take care of me. I need to eat her cooking, put back on some weight, you know.
0: And throughout her break, she started to have even more doubts on if making art was even the right choice for her.
2: And so that was the initial plan, but actually, when I went home, and as I was taken care of and just recovering, then like the mental stress like it just continued to to wear on me, like, did I make the right choice? You know, as I said, I wasn't even sure if art was the right path for me when i made when I applied to school, so it kept cropping up, like, is this gonna be the rest of my life, just like suffering and struggling, not eating? Anxiety. It, is this what the industry is like? Is this what my future is going to be like? Because it's not good for me. And I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know if I made a right choice in the first place. And so that one semester turned into two years of just wondering. And in the meantime, I went to my local community college and took a bunch of other classes. And at some point, I decided I'm going to try to explore and see what other options there are for me because my whole life, Everything pointed towards art. And now is my one chance to see if there's something else for me.
0: What is our purpose in life? Do we even need to have a purpose? My father always told me his purpose in life was to be a dad. For him, that was enough to bring happiness and joy. For me, at least for the last almost decade or so, my dream and what I consider to be my purpose is to tell stories through art whether that be curated exhibitions or art shows, whatever. Of course, we all have doubts and worries that if what we've chosen is our true purpose in life and there might be something else out there that we should be spending our time on. While Trisha was off trying to discover her purpose in life, so was Darren. But Darren's questioning of his purpose started long before, back when he started Art Center.
1: My friends, the church we're going to is a Christian church, and, uh really kind of the crux of the faith is that I guess for us, it was this realization that hit us that we were loved and that in that love, there was security. And in that sense, like I didn't have to try to prove to myself or prove to other people something, you know, in that sense, like when you receive like this acceptance and love, I think I kind of was able to find safety in that. And in that sense, I was able to let go a lot of the identities that I was holding on to. So I was really clinging on to, like, I'm a graffiti artist, you know, (laughs) at the time. I I loved dancing. I was like, I'm a dancer. I had all these identities, you know. And uh, I was able to kind of let go of those things and kind of just find my identity within my faith, within this idea that I'm a loved son of God in a sense that, like, that was enough, you know, and and to kind of, like. Finds that security, find that identity, find that peace. And that's always been a continue to be a constant struggle. I think it my life to kind of have that, that safety and that. Uh, I don't know that the right identity, I guess. Uh, making sure that it's not going to something that's, that's not really real. If, if I understand God's love for me, then I can trust that there is a plan despite what I see and experience in life. So that's like, really, that really helped carry me, especially being somebody was so bad at school <laughs> and then being thrust into an environment where everybody's performing, performing at a very high level. Yeah. You know? um, I was like really desperate to like have some sort of sense of like, you know, like you're good, you know, like don't worry about it. Like just kind of, you know, take it in stride and try your best, you know, and that's good enough.
0: And for a while, that was enough. Darren kept his head down and did the work. But as the years went on, he started to feel more unsure if art was truly his purpose in life. He felt like maybe he needed to be doing more for others instead of being in the studio.
1: As my identity, you know, kind of shifted from all these different things and then kind of like having my faith kind of ground me, that carried on throughout art school. So in a sense, it was very hard for me to see myself as an artist. And I think as my... Understanding of my faith developed uh it made me question art I was just like am I really supposed to do this and I think the thing that really was striking me was that you know again in the in the Christian faith I guess um we believe that you know God loved us to the point where he died for us and it, it's like this very radical love um that was very self-sacrificed it is a perfect example of self-sacrifice this idea of like um I don't know, when you see a movie and like, you know, a soldier takes a bullet for a buddy or jumps on a grenade or somebody pushes somebody out of the way of a car, like that type of self-sacrificing love just really moves me the more I thought about it, the more I believed it. And that just drew me to want to love people. So um, I was like, why why would I spend hours in the studio, like isolated, like when I, I love people, like I want to help people.
0: During this time in both of their lives, they didn't really keep in touch so much. Each person was off doing their own thing, trying to discover who they truly are. Tricia was going to community college and taking some courses here and there, while Darren decided to head down to Skid Row in downtown LA and see if he could make a difference for the homeless community. There's a lot that happens between then and now, so we have to split this episode into two parts. In the next episode of the Myers Real Podcast, we will discover how their paths once again converged and how together they would set out on a new adventure, one more stressful and ambitious than all the rest. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of the Myers Real Podcast and tune in next week for part two of Georgia Co. I feel so grateful that I have the ability to share these stories with the world and I can't thank all of you listeners enough. This episode was recorded, edited, written, and produced by me, Jacob Johnson, and made possible by the support of our Patreons, my lovely wife, my best friend Ricky, and my parents. I will see you in the next episode.